You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hello, podcast listeners. I am truly delighted to bring you this weekly series from someone I believe is one of the great spiritual thinkers of our time, Eckhart Tolle. These essential teachings by Eckhart will help you learn how to quiet your mind and understand the difference between your ego and your true self. If you're interested in living a fully present life, Eckhart's essential teachings can put you on a path to discover an enlightened state of consciousness. I know this one thing for sure. Eckhart Tolle and his teachings have certainly enhanced and transformed my life. I hope listening to Eckhart as a podcast will create a riveting, instructive, and spiritual experience for you, all at the touch of your fingertips. In this podcast, Eckhart explains how challenging times have the potential to awaken us, whether it's political upheaval, the pandemic, or a personal crisis. We all know it's pretty rare for people to evolve when life is going well. Eckhart says that it's actually adversity, not comfort, that pushes us to grow spiritually and awaken to the deeper dimension of who we really are. Welcome. So we are here to address the topic of living in challenging times, how to deal with sometimes extreme challenges, how to stay conscious when challenges arise. It is, of course, true to say that most of the time life is experienced for most people as challenging, although there are sometimes interludes when everything seems to be going very well according to plan, good things happen, you can relax, be happy, Perhaps you've fallen in love, or you're just getting married, or you got a promotion, you're doing well professionally, a child is born, happy moments, happy interludes. It's wonderful when things are going well in one's life. But the strange thing is, there's always something that comes in sooner or later that seems to want to sabotage the things that are going well in your life. Some people take it even personally, and they think there's perhaps a God who has something against them, or they say life in general is treating me unfairly. Why do these things always happen to me? Everybody else seems to be fine. Of course, that's a misperception. They may look fine if you look at their Instagram posts and what they post on Facebook. But of course, as you may know, that's a facade. It's an artificially, mentally constructed image that people project into the world in order to get recognition, in order to get as many likes 
as possible, and then they feel strengthened and experience an enhanced sense of identity. And they may not realize that they are living ultimately a lie, that they are continuously projecting and living through a false, fictitious sense of self. Now, to some extent, that's, that was already the case even before people invented social media and all those things. But uh, this has now become amplified, the tendency to have a mental image of who you are and to experience life and other people and events through this mental image of who you are. It's a role that you've been conditioned to play. The, the roles vary from person to person. But almost everybody, unless they begin to awaken, become aware, awaken spiritually, almost everybody then plays without knowing it. So you become this entity. And ultimately, when you are unconscious, which means you're completely identified with this role, you are acting out a script. And if somebody lives with you, then they know that after a while they realize your behavior is quite predictable and what you say tends to be always the same. It's a script that you mistake for who you actually are, the conditioning of your mind. <laughs> and so this entity, this mind-made sense of self that we could call the ego, is never happy for very long and it tends to very much resent it when things go wrong in your life. In other words, when challenges appear, something that does not fit into the narrative of me. And so uh, it is very common for people to complain a lot about their life either mentally or out, out, out aloud when things happen, little things that seem to sabotage, even the smallest things, you miss the bus, you're stuck in the traffic. So the ego is not happy most of the time with where it is and what it's doing. And so the challenges that arise in people's lives now let's for a moment use another word. When things happen, it's usually something that feels more like what one could call adversity that happens in your life, uh, something that's, that's wrong. So at this adversity is related to adversary, and so it's, it's almost as if you were facing an enemy in the form of a situation or an unpleasant person or an event that either is not happening but should be happening, or is happening but should not be happening. So you experience adversity on a small scale and from time to time on a large scale. Large scale adversity and small scale adversity leads to suffering. The ego experiences it as unhappiness. And the adversity, the different forms of adversity that arise, they're basically, one could say, three types of adversity. One is adversity that arises in your personal life, in your immediate environment, to do with your 
the people you know, the people you work with, at home, at work, wherever it may be, or some kind of illness that arises, or financial problems, relationship problems, and so on. So adversity arises in your personal life. Then there's another type of adversity, uh, and this is something that we want to focus on here in the next few sessions particularly, is adversity that arises on a larger scale in the collective of which you are a part. That is adversity that does not just affect you, but adversity that affects large numbers of people in your city, in your country, or even in the entire world. So that could be, whatever it may be, it could be earthquake, it could be a hurricane, it could be financial collapse, it could be a pandemic, very relevant topic at the moment. So suddenly you, not only you, but millions of others are faced with the same kind of adversity. And those things tend to be bigger things that arise that seem to sabotage the little things that seem to sabotage your life on a daily basis. So you're sometimes faced with huge forms of adversity. So we have those personal and collective. Sometimes the collective adversities that arise is so huge that you forget about your personal problems. Let's say there's a war somewhere that comes into your country. There's civil unrest, civil war, or your country gets invaded or pandemic, complete financial collapse, and so on. And, and suddenly you may find that uh, things that you've been worrying about recede into relative insignificance. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And... Now there's a third type, but the third type is an element of all the others. The third type of adversity that is extremely common is adversity, suffering, you could say, that arises in your mind as a result of certain types of dysfunctional mind activity or thinking. And that is very important to recognize in yourself and to ask yourself in any situation when you're experiencing adversity, suffering, unhappiness, is there actually something here that is causing me to be unhappy or is my mind creating the unhappiness that I'm experiencing at this moment? And very often the unhappiness that my mind, if it is your mind, is creating at this moment is some type of fear. That's a very common form of suffering that people experience, fear. So if you become more conscious of that so you can separate 
what it is that your mind is doing and what it is that's actually an immediate problem in your life, you can uh, free yourself from a significant amount of unhappiness by recognizing that a huge percentage of the unhappiness in your life does not arise from situations that you find yourself in, or that, that seems to be the case, but when you look more closely, you realize that actually the narrative that's arising in my mind right now is creating this emotion of unhappiness in me. Typical case is, of course, you wake up in the middle of the night and you begin to worry. Why or what's going to happen? It doesn't have to be in the middle of the night. It could be anywhere during the day, too. You suddenly feel worry. What is worry? Worry is a certain type of mind activity. And usually it, it means you're projecting yourself into some future moment that is critical. Worry does not concern the present moment. When you have a problem or a challenge that arises in the present moment, you're not worrying about it, you're looking at it, and you may be required to take action, or you may look at the problem that arises in this moment and there's nothing you can do. And then, well, there it is. Worry usually implies future, projection into the future, which you cannot control. There's nothing you can do about something that you imagine happening in the future, and that makes it even more frustrating. If it were happening in the present moment, you, can, you could take action, or you could say, well, I'll just have to accept the way it is right now. That's how it is. But if it's something in, that your mind has created, there's nothing you can do about it. And so the mind projects itself and creates scenarios in which you find yourself or people close to you find themselves, maybe your children, you imagine something happening to them, something happening to you, some kind of great loss that will diminish who you are, that will make your life unbearable. And it could be a, a big event. There's a problem of pandemic. What's going to happen to me, to my family? Is it going to affect me? Am I going to get ill? Am I going to not be able to work anymore? Am I going to die? And then you imagine yourself these things happening to you. So, and then you experience fear. So it's important to realize that the fear is not created by the situation. If you look at it really closely, the fear is created by the mind activity, by unconscious mind activity. When I say unconscious mind activity, by that I mean you're completely identified with the conditioned mind and what the mind does. You're in the grip of certain types of thinking. And this type of thinking, and if it's worry, it creates an emotion that you experience in the body. This emotion is anxiety, fear. You can feel it in your stomach often. You can feel a contraction in your energy field. You might even feel that moist, your, the palms of your hand become moist. It's, it's, a, it's a sign of extreme nervousness or anxiety. All kinds of things, that kind of emotion 
is actually very harmful to the body. Even mainstream medicine now recognizes that people who frequently experience the emotion of fear, anxiety, stress, have a greatly reduced immune system. It affects the entire functioning of your body. It interferes with the otherwise harmonious functioning of your body. And the paradox is, the irony is, the, the sad irony is, very often that which you fear continuously, you tend to attract. So in the case of illness, one can see it more clearly. If you continuously worry about illness and you see yourself falling prey to some virus, and continuously we have this mental image, first of all, the emotion that goes with it weakens your immune system. And also there's something else, that the, the mental image of yourself as suffering from an illness tends to create the mind is a very powerful creative instrument. So the mind is capable of creating something that it projects into the world on a regular basis. You are more likely, not only because your immune system has been weakened, but also because you are projecting yourself as a person suffering from an illness, you are more likely to experience it in reality. So it's actually quite dangerous. I'm not saying that will necessarily happen, but it, it is more likely to happen. And I'm also not saying that when you don't have this mental image of yourself being ill, that you cannot fall ill at all. There are many other factors involved, but this is one important factor. So you experience fear and that's a very unpleasant emotion. The fear is, as I said, experienced in the body. And the reason why the body is experiencing this emotion is that the body, which has its own intelligence, is pervaded with intelligence that coordinates the, the countless functions that every organ, every cell cooperates with the totality of the body. And there's an vast intelligence that underlies the functioning of the body. This intelligence, although it is actually cannot tell the difference between something that's happening actually in reality and something that's happening only in your mind. And that's the reason why you experience fear. The body believes that when you worry, which means you, you're experiencing critical situations in your mind, you find yourself in this narrative. The body cannot tell the difference between the reality or just the mental creation. So the body reacts as if what you're imagining were reality, so it experiences fear. If challenging situations were happening to you at this moment, the body would also experience perhaps this energy field that we call fear, but there would be a purpose to it. You would need this, this heightened energy to, in order to take action so it, it wouldn't be trapped or that it is possible that fear can paralyze you. But potentially when you're faced with a situation, then you need 
an influx of surplus energy and then fear has a place. It's not psychological fear. It, it is something that enables you to, to do something, to, to run, to remove yourself or to fight. Fight or flight is the word. But when you're worrying, then that is not the case. There's nothing you can do. So fear is extremely unpleasant and millions of people, majority of people, still experience it. And when things go wrong, adversity arises on the larger scale, either in your personal life or in the collective, then you experience even more fear than you would normally experience. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So the first thing is to see whether it is possible to reduce, if not eliminate, the fear that you experience. Because then that would, a huge burden would be lifted off your shoulders if you were able to experience life with no fear whatsoever, or at least with a diminished amount of fear. So, that is something very important that you can work on. When you experience fear, become aware of your mind activity. What is your thinking? And you will usually find there's a mental projection into a future moment that's very bad. It could be for yourself. You might have the fear for other people, bad things happening to them. And the first step in... Uh, becoming free of unnecessary suffering is to become aware of your mind, of your own mind. And then you will find that a huge chunk of suffering is produced by your mind rather than by the situation. And now, the first thing is to recognize that that's a fact. Now, this does not perhaps immediately free you because the mind has a certain momentum. But you begin to awaken when you recognize that actually right now, here and now, in this moment in which I find myself, there's actually nothing to fear. And the weird thing is that applies to almost every moment in your life. <laughs> When I say every moment, what I really mean is it applies to the present moment. And what is the present moment? The present moment is the space in which your life unfolds, cannot unfold anywhere else. Everything is, unfolds in the present moment. There is never anything other than the present moment. Your life, what you call your life, is inseparable from the present moment. The present moment is the space for your life. It is the space. 
even when you remember the past and even when you're thinking about the future, you're doing it now. And so, in the present moment, usually there's nothing to fear. Yes, there can be something that's going wrong in the present moment, a situation that is challenging and you need to do something about it. And you do something about it. If a wild animal came into this room, suddenly the door opens and a bear comes in, it's possible that we would experience and I would experience a moment of fear. You go, ah. And after that, enormous energy is released, perhaps, in order for action to happen. We can't predict what action that might be if a bear comes in. Maybe the, the best action would be to become, be totally still or remove yourself very quickly, who knows? Or make yourself as big as possible so that the bear gets afraid. That's what they recommend when you go for walks in the forest here in British Columbia. If you find a brown bear, it might help to make yourself look bigger than you actually are and you go, ah. So you're taking right action. It might work or it might not. Maybe the bear will not be fooled by it. Maybe the bear will attack you. Maybe the bear will kill you. But this is a rare moment in which you're being challenged. Most of the time these things do not happen. Almost always, when you look at the present moment, which the only thing there ever is, in this moment there is nothing to fear. Let's look at the virus, the pandemic, we know that it's, it's affecting many, many people. But in this moment, here, is there something to fear right here and now? I'm breathing. I'm looking around. I'm alive. I can feel the energy. If you should find yourself with symptoms arising, that could mean that the virus has entered your body, or whatever it may be, headache, sore throat, then you say, well, that is, it may be the virus or it may not be the virus. Then, of course, again, the mind may come in and say, oh, am I going to die? So even when you experience the symptoms, if you could be focused on the present moment, then you just, you experience these symptoms. And in addition to experiencing the symptoms, you can still experience the inner energy field of the body, because not every part of the body is feeling the symptoms. So you can feel the energy in your legs or your arms or your hand. And this, this is what is. And you come into a place of acceptance. This is what I experience now. It's a continuous returning your attention to the present moment, always. And in the present moment, most of the time you find the suffering or unhappiness or fear cannot survive in the present moment. And that's a very interesting realization. They cannot survive in the present moment. And so the practice is for you, when you experience fear, become alert, become aware, and ask yourself, what's my mind doing? What are the stories that my mind is creating right now? Or has been creating for the past hour, the past two hours, the past two days? And then you find, oh, it had created scenarios, critical scenarios that are not happening, but could happen. 
And so then, yes, there is a momentum behind that. There's a momentum behind those types of thought. In other words, that type of thinking wants to continue in you because it is an energy field and it's part of the egoic consciousness, the ego consciousness. This energy field lives in you. It does not want to go away, it wants actually to grow. It's possible for people to, to become completely absorbed in certain types of thinking. They, they obsessively think about certain things that are experienced as very problematic and awful, and they cannot let go on almost every moment of their daily lives. These are the more extreme cases, but it's not uncommon. Obsessive thinking. In other words, something has taken possession of your mind. It's an energy field. It wants to grow. It's like a mental virus, not a physical virus. Many people experience a mental virus without knowing it, which means one thought grows, replicates, one could say, leads to other related thoughts. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And this bundle of thoughts has taken possession and almost anything that you think of is, is then colored by this bundle of obsessive thought that lives in you. But you're so identified with it that you don't even know that. That is your reality. And that's an awful way to live. Not uncommon at all. And in a minor form, everybody who, is, who does not have even a minimum of awareness of their mind, who is completely identified with their mind, experience that to some degree, some people to, to a much greater degree than others. So, so to be possessed by certain types of thought in your mind, and you call it I. <laughs> You're so identified with the thoughts that you call them me. You are, you are this bundle of thoughts, and then you're... Who is speaking? When you speak, this bundle of thoughts it uses your voice. You are not even there. You are asleep, spiritually speaking. You are completely unconscious. You, you are possessed by certain types of thinking, which become part of your ego, your egoic consciousness. And then life becomes pretty unpleasant, because in most cases, in virtually all cases, these types of thinking are not happy thoughts. The obsessive thoughts are unhappy thoughts. I haven't yet met anybody who has obsessive thoughts like, isn't life wonderful? Life is so good. No, that's not an obsessive thought. <laughs> but life is dreadful. Look what they've done to me. Look at those, those awful people, whoever they are, whatever the nature of that thought is. It has taken possession of you. And then now we need to look at something else. These are not ultimately your thoughts, the, these thoughts you have absorbed, these thoughts from the collective. 
the hive mind is the, the collective mind, and this collective mind finds expression. Yes, nowadays you can see it more clearly than you could before. The collective mind already existed before we invented social media and the internet and so on. But now you can actually see the collective mind externalized in the internet and social media, and you can also see the collective mind externalized in mainstream media. And so when you watch these things, wherever you do it, on your computer, on your television, on your phone, you watch these things and then you absorb certain thoughts from the collective hive mind. They then cling to you and they become part of the thoughts that live in you. And you don't know that this has nothing to do with you. You have linked into the collective hive mind and then you express your opinions, but it's not, it's not your opinions, it's just certain thoughts that live in you. So awareness is missing. That which frees you from this terrible fate of being at the mercy of the conditioning of your mind that creates so much unhappiness, awareness is the key that frees you from that. And awareness is the awakening of consciousness where it begins with a simple realization that the all the thoughts that go through your mind are not who you are. How do you know that? Because there is a, the ability in you to become aware of the thoughts that are happening to you. Because that's what it is, they are happening to you. And then you no longer completely believe in the thoughts, you just see their thoughts. And then you can see very often, for example, as far as the hive mind is concerned, the craziness of many things that people say and speak about. You can suddenly see, oh, a lot of what I see in the mainstream media, there's a lot there that's actually pretty crazy. The mainstream media then, or and other forms of media too, on the internet and so on, are an externalization of the human mind. And they can also strengthen the fear that you would normally feel even without those things if you interact too frequently with those forms of the externalized collective mind, if you watch too much television, if you watch too much social media, if you, if you interact too much with it, then a lot of the things that are a cause of unhappiness in your, in your mind are then amplified by what you absorb from the collective mind. So you become even more fearful than you would be without all these, the social media and the mainstream media. You become even more fearful because they amplify what's already in you. So it's extremely important, especially at these times, when you interact with the media, you become conscious of how unconscious most of these people are. You can then you can watch the news, but more objectively. You can be there as an aware presence, and then you, you see 
how much fear-mongering there is, and they are not doing it on purpose. They can't help it. That's their job. They have to do it. They're creating suffering, <laughs> but they don't even know it. So first of all, you need to reduce the amount of time that you spend linking into the externalized collective mind in social media and mainstream media and, and internet. And when you do interact, be very conscious of uh, the fact that uh, this is an expression. Ultimately, most of what you see and read is an expression of human unconsciousness, of the ego, the personal and the collective ego, so that uh, you don't get hypnotized by because it is a form of hypnosis almost. You get hypnotized by this type of technology that, and what is conveyed through it. Another interesting factor is uh, when they, the hype that you experience, the fear that comes, the end of the world. There's a certain ambivalence in many people about the end of the world. On the one hand, they fear it, or some huge catastrophe, as you see in many movies, that these movies have been around for years, and many of them are very successful. Movies that show all huge catastrophes, collective catastrophes happening to humanity. And so there's countless movies have been, been made of that. And people love watching these movies. Something draws them to the huge catastrophe Yes, when it happens in reality, of course, there is an enormous amount of fear also, but there's an ambivalence. There's also an unconscious desire in many human beings for what we could call the collapse of the human-made world, because most humans experience the world as a burden. They have to live in this world, but the world is problematic. The world has a heaviness to it. You have your job, you have the taxes, you have money, and the world is complex and, and heavy. And uh, there's an unconscious longing for people in what we might bluntly call the end of the world. But ultimately, what they are longing for is, yes, it is a kind of liberation, but the ultimate liberation that they are really longing for is the liberation from themselves the liberation from what they experience as their problematic, heavy sense of self that's inseparable from the so-called outer world. And so there's a longing in every human for that. But that's not going to happen yet. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening.